Hello everyone, just me this week. Welcome to the Eden Gavin podcast. Thanks again for lending us your ears. This is the one that I sit in a lonely place and introduce all by myself. Um, this is the talk from the live event. So sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast. Good evening. So tonight, if you hadn't have picked it up, we're going to be talking about money. And um, I called this talk Money Matters because it had alliteration in it and I couldn't think of what else to call it. But um, money matters and it matters big. And the place I want to start in tonight is basically a cultural assumption that we all have and that most of us, to a greater or a lesser extent, have adopted into our own lives. That means that money matters so much, which is this, that I have to earn and spend and save my way into the lifestyle or the life that I want. If I want to get to that place that I'm longing to be in, if I want to have that life, the way that I'll get there is by earning, spending and saving. And I don't know if there's like a certain dream that you have for your life. Maybe a family is top of your list. Maybe it's living in a certain place. Maybe it's traveling. Maybe it's opening a business. Maybe it's having a certain kind of success. Maybe it's just maintaining a certain lifestyle. Maybe it's just to be happy and whatever will get you to that. Um, but none of those dreams are about money, obviously. Maybe some of us do specifically aim to be rich, but most of us would say there's a lot more to life than money. Money's not what I'm aiming for. None of my dreams are about money or being rich. But even those things that matter so much to us, those lives, those lifestyles that we dream of, the world around us tells us that money will be the way that we get them. It's the essential ingredient to getting to them. Let's say, for example, the family. Maybe you already have one, a family of your own. Maybe you hope to have that. Maybe that's one of the things that you really aspire for. But when you picture that family, I don't think we just picture, you know, the wife or the husband and the children. We picture the nice house and the nice living room and the family holidays and all of these other things that go along with it. So, like, we have this cultural thing that says, I need to earn and save and spend my way into that life that I dream of, even though the thing that I'm aiming for isn't money itself. Money is the thing that will get me there. And the reason I think this is so, like, embedded in our culture, all you need to do is, like, watch an advert for a bank or, like, an insurance company, right? They don't need to sell you money. They just put this like nice life on the screen for you. It's a family. It's like everyone's in this nice, like pristine kitchen. They don't have to worry about their money because they're with Nat West, right? Now they're selling you a financial service, but you bank with them because you are buying the lifestyle. Because we correlate those two things. The money will get me the lifestyle. And so money, because it's the means to achieving the lifestyle, or the life that we want, can have an incredibly powerful hold on us, as deep as our longing for that life itself. Because it's the way that we'll get there. 
Even though it's not the thing that we would say it matters the most, it does promise us all the things that we desire that do matter to us. So whilst it's the life or the lifestyle that we're all after, if we're not careful, it's the earning and the spending and the saving of money that can become the main point. And then when we've got spare time or spare cash, when we're not worrying about earning and spending and saving, we sort of vaguely splash out towards something we think is important to us and will get us closer to the life that we want to be leaving. Now, none of us choose to be like that, right? We just sort of get sucked in to this earning, spending, saving obsession. None of us started out like that. And I think now a lot of us in this room very dry mouth. Uh, A lot of us in this room are like suddenly finding ourselves at an age where we're thinking about things like a pension fund or car insurance and rent and we just think, really? Is this going to be it? Is this going to be what life is like now? Because we believe that money will get us the lifestyle and the life that we want but we're not entirely sure how to access that through all of this earning and spending and saving. And I'm not a seasoned earner and I'm not a seasoned saver, and I'm not a financial expert, so you might be like, well, what do you have to say about money? But I do have enough idealism left, maybe you would call it naivety left, to say, like, as I'm going into like, the beginning of my adult life, I do not want to get stuck in earning and saving and spending for my entire life. I don't want life to be mortgage, pension plan, inheritance forms, funeral care. You know, the thing that depresses me the most is those adverts for funeral care. There's like nice elderly couple who are like, I'm so happy because I've sorted out so that somebody will be able to pay for my funeral when I'm gone. And I watch that and I, it terrifies me because I think, surely there's more than that. But what if my whole life gets caught up in this earning, saving, spending, insuring... I don't want it to be that, and I don't want it to be the other end. Endless upgrades, changing fashions, uncontrollable spending. I want my life to be more than that. And so, oh, thank you. Thank you. Wish fulfillment. That's what money's like. Okay. (laughs) I want my life to be about more than that. And so that leads me to the one thing that I want to talk about today, just for a few minutes. Because we know there is more to life than money. But what if that more to life thing wasn't something that we have to earn and spend and save our way into? What if it's actually the very opposite? What if I don't have to depend on money to get me there at all? And so I want to really briefly ask whether that's possible. Whether it's possible that there's something more to life that we cannot save and earn and spend our way into. And then, after I've done that very briefly, I want to give us one challenge for how we might change the way we handle money so that we can access that something more that we're all after. So one of the things that I find interesting about Jesus is that he always told stories, even when he wasn't talking about money, he would tell stories in like these kind of financial terms because he knew that's a language that we all get, right? And, but when he would do that, he would tell stories that didn't make 
any financial sense in the world's eyes. When he would tell a story about, let's say, for example, the way that God behaves towards people, the way God behaves towards us, he would tell these stories that would have sounded totally bizarre to the people listening to them and sound totally bizarre to us because of the way that our world works and because of the way that he uses this like financial language but turns it on his head. I'd love to give you a ton of examples, but this evening I'm just going to do one. So Jesus is telling this story. He's trying to get people to understand the way that God works and how it's different from the way that our world works. And he says, there's an owner of some land and he sends a load of, a load of like workers out into the field. Let's say some of them start at 9am and they work all day. And at 4pm, just before they're about to clock off, some extra workers come and join, okay? So at 5 p.m., they all clock off together. Some of them have worked a full day. A few of them have only worked an hour. And they all clock off and they go to the owner of the land to get their wage. And the landowner gives them all exactly the same. Now, I don't know if you can imagine, let's say you've worked at a company for six months, a year, and it comes to the time where you get your Christmas bonus and uh, two days before the Christmas bonuses get handed out, some other guy come, like, joins, the, joins the firm. And uh, when you go to get your Christmas bonus, you realize that you, who have been working there for a year, has got exactly the same as the guy that joined two days ago. Now, you would say, that is completely unfair. You'd be so miffed. And the people that are listening to Jesus are just thinking, that's not right, that's not fair. It's not fair because those people who have worked there all day have earned something that the others haven't. People who would have said, Jesus, that doesn't make any sense to the way that our world works. And that's exactly the point that Jesus was trying to make. That God's way isn't the way that your world works. God is extravagantly generous. And he is prepared to give you everything, to give you an eternity with him. Not because you earned it, but because he wants to give it to you. That's the way that God works. So if you and I want to access the context in which Jesus saw money, it would be this. God doesn't work the way that our world works. He's extravagantly generous. And God offers people not just something more out of life, but something more than life itself, which we call eternity. That's what's on offer, not just a lifestyle, not just a good and stable future in this life, but an eternity. And this is what Jesus held out to people. By the extravagant generosity of God, he held out the offer of an eternity in relationship with him. But with the offer comes a challenge. Would believing something different about eternity change the way you handle your money? Or putting it another way, would you change the way you handled your money if it meant something for eternity? And you're like, Becky, really? We're going to talk about something like eternity on a Thursday night. And to be honest, I was nervous to do that. But I can't escape the fact that this is the context that Jesus puts everything he says about money in this context. 
that money is temporary and God has something permanent for all of us. And Jesus says, be careful of that. Be careful because money is temporary and it promises a lot and it distracts you and it doesn't always deliver everything you hoped for. And while you are earning and saving and spending your way to try to find something more to life, you're placing your trust on something that won't do a single thing for your soul. So put your trust and put your heart somewhere else because... The way you handle your money is your most powerful expression of what you trust. And not just of what you trust, but who you trust and what you believe about eternity. There isn't just more to life than money. There is more life than this. And if you believe that, the way you handle your money should be entirely different from a world that's script on life is this. This is everything there is. Make the most of it while you can. Maybe the reason that you aren't a follower of Jesus, if you're here tonight and you're not sure, you're exploring and you've got questions, maybe one of the reasons, I'd hazard a guess, is you're not convinced by the things like when someone starts talking about eternity or that there's more than this. And I wonder if one of the reasons is You've never seen someone living in a way that convinces you that there is more than this. Because, to be honest, most Christians don't live like it. I know I very rarely live like it. We don't live like there is more than this. But what would it look like if we did? Because the way you handle your money is a powerful expression of who you trust and of what you believe about eternity. So... How do I leverage my money? How can you and I leverage our money differently so that we don't depend on earning and saving and spending to access a lifestyle we want in this life? Because I said at the beginning, I, I want to combat this assumption that we have to earn and save and spend our way into something better. But what do we actually do with our money? What do we actually do with it? If you're saying earning, spending, saving... That's not the only way. What do we do with it instead? Well, because money has a stronger power than anything to keep you focused on this life as if it was all there is, it can prevent you from ever accessing something more. So if you want your heart to be somewhere else, your trust to be somewhere else, you need to put your money somewhere else. You cannot earn and save and spend your way into an ultimate something more. It's the opposite. You can only give your way into it. If money has a stronger power than anything else to make you live like this is all there is, then generosity, giving away, is your most effective tool for accessing the something more that all of us are looking for. For living not just like there's more to life, but that there is more life than this. That there is something beyond my next 60 years. So that I don't feel like my life hangs in the balance of what I can earn and spend and save right now. And that means that your money, your hard-earned, scrimped and saved money, some of it is going to need to leave your hand 
if you are a follower of Jesus. So here's a challenge I thought that we could go on all together. For the next month, everything that comes into your hand, a bonus, extra babysitting money, your pay slip, some money you got for an extra project you did on the side, a check from your grandma, everything that comes into your hand. What if your first question was, what of this will I give away? Not, here are the things I need. Okay, what do I have left? Not, okay, here's my main source of income. I'll divvy it up. And then everything else, the extra that comes in, that's for me. The first thing that you do with everything that hits your account, that you would say, okay, what of this could I give away? Because that exercise is about repeatedly placing money in its rightful context in your life and believing with your life that there is more than this. And if you're the kind of person who wants something specific, people will talk about something like 10%. 10 10% 10% quite... Percentages are useful, okay? And if you're a follower of Jesus, I'm dead serious about this challenge. If you're not, I, I will speak briefly about that in a second, because you don't have to do this at all. But I would go 10% minimum. For the next month, everything that hits your account, say, okay, what of this am I going to give away? And I'll tell you why. Because it will force you to decide the context in which you will view your money. People who believe with their lives that there is more than this do find that there is more than this. And they find it by what they give, not by what they earn and save and spend. So now, I said I would come on to, if you're not a follower of Jesus, whatever you believe about God and eternity, and whatever you believe, we're so glad that you're here and you're part of us. What if rather than just getting caught up in earning and spending and saving, you did stop for a moment and you said, okay, how will I put this where I value it? How will I put this where I know that it's not going to place my trust in something I don't want my trust to be in? And we would love for you to journey on that with us and and find out what that would look like in your own life. Um, whatever you think right now about this something more that Jesus offered. But your money is your most powerful expression of what you believe about eternity. And people who believe with their lives that there is more than this are an outstanding witness to the world around them. So if you want to live for God, to live for something eternal, something permanent, you cannot earn and save and spend your way into it. You can only give your way towards it. And in doing so, you will place your faith back into the eternity that God is giving you, not the lifestyle that you can give yourself. And I promise you, when you handle your money in the context of all that God has done for you and all that he has promised you permanently, it will change more than just your financial life. It will change you because you will be believing with your life that there is more than this. 
you'll be believing with your life that God has been extravagantly generous to you. And you will, in turn, become extravagantly generous to those around you and have an extravagant faith in your heavenly Father who held nothing back in what he gave to you. Thanks once again for listening. Please keep up to date with us through our website, edengathering.co.uk. We'll see you, well, every Monday here on the podcast. But if not, I'll see you in December for a Christmas extravaganza that we are planning. So see you then. Bye.